There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plushcare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Today's episode has been sponsored by Jay McLaughlin. Jay McLaughlin is a timeless lifestyle brand with incredible style and a spirit of connection. I am obsessed with Jay McLaughlin and have been so honored that they are sponsoring my Zibbyverse tour. It just so happens that the tour goes to so many communities and areas of the country that have Jay McLaughlin stores. And I love that the brand is philanthropic through Jay McLaughlin's local and loyal programming. Host store events to give back to organizations that are meaningful to Jay McLaughlin's local communities. I also love the fact that the clothes are just so chic They make me feel polished and modern, and the best part is that most of the line comes in fabrics that don't wrinkle. I especially love the dresses, the cashmere sweaters, the other sweaters. You'll see them all over my Instagram. I typically tag at Jay McLaughlin, and so you can check it out. It is absolutely one of my favorite brands, and I am over the moon excited to be working with them. In fact, I want to share the love with all of you. Jay McLaughlin is giving 20% off new customers and listeners of my podcast with special code ZIBBY20, capital Z-I-B-B-Y 20. That's 20% off for new customers and listeners of the podcast with special code capital Z-ZIBBY20. Take advantage of it today. My favorites are this white, open, long cashmere sweater that I've been wearing on every flight that I've taken on this tour. I have a blue with light blue horizontal striped sweater, several dresses I even wore on Corny America. Check it out, Jay McLaughlin. Thanks so much. Hi, I'm Zibby Owens, the creator and host of the award-winning podcast that you're listening to right now, thank you so much, called Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. It is a daily podcast, 365 days a year, and each day we talk to an author about all of the things related to their career, their book, their life, and more in 30 minutes or less, because who has time? I am now an author myself, although I wasn't when I started this podcast, and you can get my new memoir, Bookends, a memoir of love, loss, and literature, wherever books are sold starting July 1st, and my children's book, Princess Charming. You can learn more about me at zibbyowens.com, but really, you're here to learn more about the authors, and that is what we're going to do. Also, be sure to check out all the other podcasts in the Zcast Podcast Network. You can learn more at zcastnetwork.com. Dot com and definitely check out those shows as well. I hope you'll all check out the all new Zibby Mag, Z-I-B-B-Y-M-A-G, the literary lifestyle destination with essays, book news, a lit lifestyle feature, 
and events and classes. Check it out, zippymag.com. Bethann Patrick is the host of the Missing Pages podcast, which is a new podcast from the Podglomerate. And she is a huge, important person in the publishing world. Let me just say that. She has a storied place in the publishing industry as a critic. And she is at The Book Maven on Twitter, where she created the popular hashtag Friday Reads and regularly comments on books and literary ideas to over 200,000 followers. Her work appears frequently in the Los Angeles Times, as well as in the Washington Post, NPR Books, and Lit Hub. She sits on the board of the Penn Faulkner Foundation. You can find out more about her at pethanpatrick.com, and you will hear all about this fabulous new podcast called Missing Pages, but you have to promise to keep listening to this one too. Welcome, Beth Ann. Thank you so much for coming on Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. So excited to be here, Zibby. I know well, even though my two daughters are grown now, what it's like not to have any time to read books. <laughs> yes. Although, come on, you read probably more than anybody. You're like uh, the literary connoisseur. I, you know, I think this is, as I tell everyone, Something that happens when you go to grad school in any humanity subject, you just learn how to consume content on the page really quickly. So it's a little bit freakish how fast I read, but I wouldn't give it up. Do you feel I have noticed, and I sometimes I like time myself to be really nerdy, like my reading speed has increased. It continues to increase even slightly the more I read. You know, I haven't done that in a while, and I should, because I just told someone the other day, I'm sorry, I have a dog in the background. Can't hear it. Can't even hear Okay. (laughs) As long as she doesn't interrupt anything. So about 75 pages an hour is my general speed, and I sometimes find it slowing down if I'm really engaged with something then maybe it will speed up if I'm trying to, you know, just go through the center of the page to get to, you know, the end of something. And one thing I'll be very, very honest with you and your audience is I found that a lot of books, endings are, are tough. Endings are really tough. And I have found too many books in the past decade rush the ending. And so sometimes I find myself reading a lot faster toward the end of a book because I'm like, you know, you're really not. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. That doesn't go for really good books, though. Yeah. (laughs) Certainly not my book. No, I'm kidding. No. (laughs) Absolutely not. It was so nice of you, by the way, to have me on Missing Pages. That was so great. And I am obsessed with your show. Oh my gosh. Tell everybody about it because it's the most brilliant concept, but the execution is even better than the idea. So thank you, Zibby. That is really high praise. And for someone who has been podcasting so much, I mean, every day, it's kind of amazing to hear you say that. So thank you. And Missing Pages is about the scams and scandals and fiascos of the book publishing world, of the literary world, let's say. And this is a show that originally was conceived of as something more gossipy and kind of lighthearted. But then when I came on board, because my credit is host and producer, so I really got my hands in there. 
And when I got in there and my showrunner, Kayla Littman, also got in there, I don't know if it's big female energy or what, but we we were like, well, we have to figure out why this happened, not just, oh, this is kind of sketchy or this is gossipy. We wanted to know what made it possible. So that's how the show's execution kept expanding. And it took us a long time to put it together, but I'm glad that we did. We don't solve all of the world's problems or the publishing world's problems, <laughs> but at least we tried to bring up questions. It's amazing. And there are so many, even off the top of my head, that I want you to do episodes about, you know? because yeah. you... Oh, that's... I can't wait to hear yeah. them. <laughs> <laughs> Your episode, what is her name? I can always... Hold on. The the first woman that you did, Vishnu... No, not Vishnu. Hold on. Hold on. Let me find... Yeah, the, Kavya first... Vishvanathan. Yes. Kavya. Sorry. Yes. Your first episode about Kavya, who wrote a book and then was incu- accused of plagiarism, you totally looked into the whole book packaging industry to show that actually she was sort of a casualty of the early days, not even early days of book packaging, because as you point out, it had been done since Sweet Valley High and Nancy Drew and all of that. Yep. But this new iteration when Alloy got involved and they put her up as the face of this book that was then found to be completely plagiarized. And what I thought was not only was it amazing the deep dive you did into this, but that Harvard ended up finding her not guilty of plagiarism. So make sense of this for me. Well, first of all, I just want to say for your audience and people who may be following along with Missing Pages that not every episode has such a satisfying resolution because there were some people who wouldn't talk to us, you know, who weren't interested in bringing in their experience for for many reasons. And I get it, you know, some of them because it was, you know, bringing up really painful things. Some of them have no interest in, you know, talking about what happened. But Tavia was really generous and really open about this. And she had never told anyone before that Harvard exonerated her from plagiarism, which is a very big deal to me. Yes. Look, we all realize uh, after hearing Javier's story about being accused of plagiarizing part of Megan McCafferty's books, part of her work, that this was a big deal and this was something that really affected uh you know, the high level of publishing, marketing, and business. But we also all knew that she had to have been under some kind of non-disclosure agreement, right? You know, when something like this happens, you just know Alloy Entertainment is not going to say, oh, go ahead with your life and, you know, talk about whatever you want. So she had never revealed to anyone before she was so traumatized, I feel, by the whole experience. She'd been so young. And, you know, I don't know, She she's so savvy. I don't want to say naive, but youth comes along with a certain level of naivete. And so her youth and inexperience really affected how she handled the situation. So also at the time that she was being, you know, interrogated by Katie Couric, there's no other way to say it because Kirk really did like go after her in, you know, you can see the clip, you can hear it. She wouldn't have graduated. She wouldn't have been exonerated yet. Now we do have the letter. She shared the letter with us from Harvard saying, you know, you're cleared and you can graduate. 
we do not have the proceedings uh, of, you know, what they did or how they examined the manuscript. But I feel that that's a pretty, I mean, Harvard, that's a big brand. Yeah. You're like, <laughs> I think that's a bigger brand than like the Today Show or, bigger, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> or, or Alloy, you know. Or Alloy, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And so, come on, they are putting that weight behind her. And I think it's really significant and important. And I am so, so happy. It it took us a lot of discussion to get her to come on. I bet. And speak to us. I am so honored by her trust in how we handled things. You know, of course, every show, Zippy, you know this, every podcast, every everything anyone does is going to get criticism. And we've seen, you know, reviews from listeners saying, oh, you just, you know, coddled her or, you know, bought no. into- <laughs> I'm actually <laughs> really surprised to hear that. I don't feel like that. But thank you. That's interesting. You. Yeah. So and it's nice that you got reviews. I mean, that's good. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. We are getting reviews. You know, uh, this is this has been a wild ride for me as a newbie podcaster. You know, uh, Missing Pages has gotten a lot of attention and almost all of it's been really, really good. And so I cannot complain. And I, you know, if someone's taking the time to review, I say thank you. Right. Because you listened and you're giving your honest opinion and you know, that is something in our business, I think we could all see more of. I, I totally agree. I think it's like the only, I mean, there's, there are an, obviously a lot of shows about books and book it, you know, my own show included here, right. obviously, but yours, the, the way it's so highly produced with all these clips from other places, so much research it, it almost feels like this multimedia experience, except audio. I mean, I know that sounds stupid, but it was very entertaining. It's like immersive and entertaining, and also you learn a lot. So I don't know. I, I, I am a huge fan, and it's very cool what you're doing. Well, thank you. I, you know, I love that you said it's, you know, immersive because I think that's something we really wanted to go for. Our early scripts were much more straightforward and you know sort of like okay this is a simple narrative and Kayla as a showrunner was really able to bring in you know her podcasting experience she's been with Vox and with Condé Nast and really understands multimedia from those big brands she was able to say come on we need you know some music here or we need a little foley sound here yep. or you know let's pull this clip from so and so's interview because it yep. actually speaks to something another person said and that kind of having and you know because you've been a guest that kind of dialogue between the pieces of the show is one of the things i think that gives it its immersive quality agreed it's great Wow, what fun. So Bethann, can can you take me back to the part of your life before you became this world renowned? I mean, you've been I mean, I will have read your bio I read your bio at the beginning, but everything from the Washington Post, Lit Hub, I mean, you're all over NPR. I mean everywhere. How did this all start? Where did you develop your love of books? Is this like how did you get on this path? Well, I, I've got to give all the props first and foremost to my mom because <laughs> you know she was the one that inculcated or or 
you know, helped me grow this love of reading. And she was one of those moms who did all the voices and all the gestures. And I remember when I edited my anthology, The Books That Changed My Life, one of the people I spoke to was Margaret Atwood. And her first line, this is my favorite, I had a reading mother, it's the best thing. And then she goes on to talk about how her mother also did the voices and acted things out. And there's something about that, Zibby. And you're a mom, I'm a mom. There's something about having a parent who doesn't just sit next to your bed and speak in a monotone. There's something about a parent who not only is bringing these characters to life, but a mom or a dad who says, I'm just going to get into it too. It completely changes the experience for you. These aren't just books. They really are experiences. So that's where it started. It continued. I went to college. I got a little afraid. I didn't major in English because I got a couple of bad grades. But then I course corrected by going to graduate school for English Lit. Wait, what did you what did you end up majoring in? And I in government. Okay. Okay. So, you know, in government, which was great, you know, and I majored in government. So I met my husband at a Model UN conference. (laughs) So there was a reason for it. See, there's, you know, (laughs) there's a reason for everything. But then, like I said, I went on to do graduate work in literature, you know, and learned that not just that I could read quickly and, and, you know, bring in a lot of this, but that I just didn't really want to work in anything else. I tried, you know, teaching. I tried a little editing here and there. But then I thought, I just want to read books and write about them. And, you know, I started at the very lowest end. You know, I had a couple of small publications that I convinced to let me write reviews (laughs) for. And, you know, built up from there. And it took, you know, it took a long time. It was definitely not overnight success. It is success. I made a lot of mistakes along the way, Zibby. There are publications that I wrote for and no longer write for, sometimes not because anything bad went wrong, but because I don't know. There was a a turn in my life. Uh, I I also should say, sorry, I'm burying the lead, as we say in journalism. (laughs) Uh, My husband is active duty military for 21 years. And so we moved a lot. And in moving, sometimes, you know, I let go of opportunities, wasn't able to, you know, keep up with something that I love doing. But finally, I managed to put everything together and say, this is what I'm going to do. I'm not going to throw myself behind things that I don't care about anymore. And this is what I'm really, the point I'm really coming to in making this life that to many people looks so amazing, right? I mean, as you said, I hear you read my credentials and I'm like, wow, who is that? <laughs> it doesn't feel like that inside. And that is not me putting myself down. That is just because when you're inside of it, and you know this as well, Zibby, you are just doing the work. And you're doing the work because you really love it. And this is what you've chosen. I feel so privileged to have that and to have had support 
all the way from my mom to my husband to my you know, the rest of my family to be able to say, this is what I am doing and I do not need to worry about you know, another type of work. I don't need to think about what should have been. I am just completely present when I'm working on uh, whether it's writing a book because I have one coming out next I year. I know. I'm, I'm so and, uh, about that. Or reviewing a book or talking to an author. You know, it. You really, when you when you love what you do, you do get into a state of flow. And so, I think that's the most important thing. If someone truly believes that this is the kind of life she wants, I say go for it. Don't don't think oh there is no book media anymore. And by the way. There is book media because I just got a press release about Zibby magazine. <laughs> and congratulations, girlfriend. That is very exciting. So I am really excited about it. We've been this has been in the works for a while and I'm so excited. I really want to like bring back the old school glamour and have a whole thing. I want to have like you know, I just read in the paper this morning this terrible by the way review of Blonde the movie based on Joyce Carol Oates's uh-huh. book. Yes. Did you see that review? Anyway, I did not see the review. Anyway, but like I want to have a feature now about Joyce Carol Oates and when I had her on my podcast and put a few pictures of that. And then I want to somehow link it into like fun things you can buy, like check out that bookshelf floating behind her or like look at maybe look at her glasses or I don't know. I want to like have it so that other people can get bits and pieces of this lifestyle. And by the way, I mentioned Margaret Atwood a little earlier. Those two, Margaret and Joyce, besties. Interesting. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Which is something I don't think I would have put together, but they are. So well, that would be another good feature. Exactly. Like, who did you not know was a good, were like really good, who are really good friend pairs in publishing? Right? That, That's fun. It, that would be really fun. You want to write it for me? I, I, yes. Yes. <laughs> I, I'm not even kidding. I, there we go. There we go. My first assignment for Zibby Magazine. There that would go. be really fun. Yeah. Because then I could talk about like my literary bestie, you know? Yeah, totally. That is really, that's, uh, and then we can can post about it. And then we have to say, tag your literary bestie. Yes. Right. Bring your literary bestie to blah, blah, blah. Anyway, we'll just keep going. Okay. I'm excited. I I love how things like this happen in Zibby world, in the Zibby (laughs) universe. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. 
Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. You know, you, you think the way I do. This is something, you know, we were talking about how did I get into this and all that kind of thing. And that's part of how I got into it is I just kept thinking, why don't we write about this? Why don't we do this? Why isn't there more? And, you know, I have had a different path than you have. But at the same time, that's one of the things that keeps me going because this book publishing world, this literary world is so full of ideas, personalities, things that tie other things together. And one of the I don't know. This is funny. I've been thinking about this for a long time, about writing something about criticism from the heart. Because when I write book reviews, I really try to approach each book as the book is. Not as I wish it would be. Not, I think you should have written this kind of book instead of the one. that I, I try to say, what was this author trying to do? And if there are things that they didn't, that they missed the mark on, I will notice them. And I'm going to give you an example, Zibby, of, of the recent Anthony Mara, Mercury Pictures Presents. So, of course, like everyone else, Mara's previous work, and just gaga about. He's an amazing writer. He's an original thinker. So much good. I did think Mercury Pictures Presents fell short in a couple of things. I did review it for the LA Times and I talked about those things. I talked about why I thought it didn't work and what I thought could have worked better. And that was not because I wanted to say this is a bad book or you shouldn't read this book. Big Anthony Mara fans, go ahead. You're, you know, you're going to love so much about this. You may as a friend texted me yesterday, find yourself stuck in the middle and thinking, I, I don't know if I want to finish this book. And I say, you have to finish it because this is one of those books that does stick the landing, but in the middle, it gets a little bit messy. This is not just me from my heart trying to be kind to Anthony Mara. This is me from my heart saying, here's what doesn't work. But I don't have to rip him apart. I don't have to say this is a terrible book or that no one should read it. And so th this is me, you know, really caring about a book. So what I'm trying to get to, oh gosh, I do go on, Zibby. No, you're great. I love it. I could listen to you all day. I love it. <laughs> Thank you. What, I, what I'm trying to get to is the fact that you and I, you know, have been raised in this era where it seemed like, let's be critical. Logic is all. Mm -hmm. Analysis mm -hmm. is all. And the more critical you are, the more serious you are. Guess what? I don't believe that. I believe that you can be compassionate and kind and clear-sighted and really lift things up instead of just tearing them apart. And that's what's kept me going for the years I've been in this in this business. I love that. That's so great. I know there's some there was one review I read. I'm trying to remember which author it was. It was so mean. 
that I like emailed her right away. Like we weren't, it's not like we were friends. I don't know. She'd been on the podcast. So I had her email. And I just had to write. And I was like, look, I just read this. It is the meanest thing ever. You don't deserve this. I really loved your book. I hope you're not paying any attention or yeah, something. Don't pay any attention to it. That is not the last word on the book, whichever book it is. You know, the last word isn't the best word or the worst word. And so you have to, you know, I was talking earlier about reviews on the podcast and some of them, you know, are critical. In a way, I love that because it means someone paid attention. Yes. And they cared enough to be honest. You know, we had amazing this week. We had a New York Magazine in print uh, review from Nick Kwa. Oh my gosh. Amazing. So amazing. That's I know. Really awesome. I get Thank his, you. I get his newsletter. You know I, how yeah. big this is, right? Yeah, that's a and, really big deal. You know, he had some some criticisms, you know, one of them being that uh, the host, Beth Ann Patrick, says we authors too often. Oh man. <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. That's grasping at straws. That's fine. <laughs> that's a fine critique. Okay. That is you a can fine, live with that. There, yeah. Exactly. I can live with that. So, you know. There's no reason for anyone to tear anyone apart. But if they do or what have you, the author doesn't need to take it too hard. Yeah, agreed. Wait, and now I'm I'm sorry I missed that review. I'm going to go read it afterwards. But anyway, your memoir, which I'm like very sad because it would have been, I'm sure, a perfect memoir for Zimmy Books, but it's okay. I understand. (laughs) We weren't launched in time. You know, I sold it on proposal years before Zimmy Books launched. You know, there you go. I don't blame you. (laughs) (laughs) Tell me more about it. I've been working on it for a really long time, and it will be wonderful if I'm able to come back and talk to you about it next year. It comes out in May 2023, and it's called Life B, Overcoming Double Depression. And it's a memoir about a form of mental illness that I have called double depression, cycling depression, double dysthymia. There are a whole bunch of names for it. But basically what it comes down to, Zibby, is that a person with double depression starts life out lower than everyone else and then is chronically depressed and also has periods of major depression. And so what this means that the most significant thing to tell you about it because I don't want to, you know, bore your audience is that I was always depressed and then I had these periods of major depression. So I was being treated for depression for quite a long time and I thought doing everything I'm supposed to do, taking my meds, going to therapy, being a good, you know, healthy person, but I was still having major depressive episodes. And about six years ago, I went to my doctor and said, something has got to change. There's something off here. And she sent me to a new psychiatrist who diagnosed me with this condition. And all that was required, I'm putting that in air quotes because, you know, come on, Mm -hmm. there's a lot involved, was putting me on a medication that helps stop the cycling. And it's a medication that's often used for epilepsy, Mm -hmm. but it's called Trileptol. Mm -hmm. And when it stopped the cycles, then the antidepressant could do its work. Mm. I was able to live, I kept wondering my whole life, why do other people get so excited about things? Why do other people have so much joy? Now I know 
now oh, I know. Oh my gosh. It's, you know, my so my memoir is sort of a Horatio Alger story in reverse, if you will. You know, I I get better and I'm, you know, able to continue healing and growing now. And it's just an amazing, it's an amazing thing for me. That doesn't mean reading my book will be amazing for everyone, but I hope that it will give some people, especially women who are in midlife, and midlife now means anything from like 35 to 75, right? <laughs> I think it starts at like 42. I feel like 43, 42, everybody all of a sudden was like, well, we're in midlife, right? I'm like, right? Am I? I am? Okay. All right. Okay. okay. I've gotten, yeah. Thank you. So I hope that, you know, women in that messy middle yep. will be able to say, oh, if there is something bothering me, I can act on it. I can take action and change. And that, you know, doesn't mean that you're mentally ill. Um, right. You could be, you know, change for you could be something completely different. Yes. The fact that you have lived your whole life in a depressive state and are only now experiencing joy is heartbreaking to me. I, it's truly heartbreaking. And I am just for, so relieved that now you can go out. And I bet for you, like even the smallest things are causing so much joy. I bet like the smell of a flower or like, you know, a beautiful tree or sunset, like all those cliched things that bring joy. It's true. And it's, you know, sometimes joy broke through. I mean, come on. I, you know, had a a wedding day and, uh, you know, graduations and the births of my two daughters. But that everyday kind of, you know, just loveliness and being present. That's that's a big part of it is, you know, being able to say, I'm not viewing this through, you know, sort of cotton wool. I'm able to be right here for it. So it's true. And just, you know, having a conversation like this one, having conversations with friends who are bookish, you know, yeah. and not thinking, oh, what do I have to do later? Or what mistakes have I made? Instead, just saying, this is so much fun. Oh my gosh. Well, I can't wait to read your book. What's Thank the title? What's the title? Oh, life you told me already. B. Yes. Plan and, B. and Life B, I'll just tell you really quickly, refers to, it, it, there was a moment when I first took an antidepressant and it was, it was a big decision for me because at the time it wasn't something everyone was doing. And Two weeks after I started taking it, it felt like that moment at the eye doctor where they say, which one is more clear, A or B? And you're like, B, I can see. I can see much more clearly. So that's what it's about. Oh my gosh. Well, I'm really excited for it. And yes, please come back when it comes out. Send me an advanced copy. Let me know what I I can do to help. I can't wait. Absolutely. And thank you. I'm so excited for Missing Pages. I'm hooked completely. And it's exactly the kind of like delicious insider look into all sorts of stuff. So I'm waiting for James Fry. You haven't had that scandal. No, not yet. And I should say Missing Pages is produced by the Podglomerate, which is this amazing group. And we talked a little earlier about how highly produced it is. And so I just want to give a lot of props to the CEO and our executive producer, Jeff Umbro and his team. So you can find Missing Pages everywhere, but if you subscribe on Apple Podcasts, you get bonus episodes. I and saw that. That's you, cool. You, Zibby, are one of those bonus episodes. So. Thank you. 
All right. Amazing. Beth Ann, thank you. Thank you for the time. And when are we hanging out? Obviously not now, but you know what, Zibby, I'm going to be in New York at the end of October. So we'll be able, I will give you a ring. Perfect. (laughs) Let's, let's make a plan or something. We will. Okay. Thanks again for having me on the show. Take care. Okay. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Zibby Owens and at Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Also sign up for my newsletter at ZibbyOwens.com and sign up for my virtual book club and meet lots of authors on Zoom every other week. Thanks so much to Steve and Ryan at Texture Sound for the sound editing. And thank you to Morning Moon Productions for providing this fantastic intro and outro music. 